Tonight's story in the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is a video cassette recorder still in operation, waiting for you. We invite you, if you dare, to step aboard because in tonight's episode, you are the passive listener. Please subscribe and leave a rating. And this elevator travels directly to Scrapping Tavult. From the spooky, haunted, ghoulish ashes of uh, let's say Videotron. That was my local. Remember your local? Uh, it's Scraping the Vault. It's the show where we watch <laughs> potentially awful movies that just happen to be uh, sequels to Disney animated features. In this case, it's a little different. Uh, you were probably thinking that I'm going to forget to introduce people, but no, I'm going to remember. I have it written right here on my hand. See? <laughs> that's an audio joke. I'm Dan. And Smells like delicious food that you're cooking. Boy, I wish I had smell-o-vision right now. Uh, I'm carving a pumpkin. <laughs> that was Audrey that you heard, and that was it's also me, Jimmy. Audrey, Halloween spooktacular! Boo. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Punch your candy. Have some Chef Boyardee. Keep your rocks wet. <laughs> Chef Razor blade free. <laughs> Chef Booyardee, yes. Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. Spoilers for what we're having for dinner with this movie. <laughs> oh, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> so, as you probably guessed from the title of the episode that you clicked on, we watched, <laughs> in honor of Halloween, The Tower of Terror. <laughs> which is a film based on... In a rare moment from the 90s, based on a ride It'll of the same name. your career as an actor. <laughs> Going up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a ride, Tower of Terror. You may you want to learn all about the Tower of Terror as a ride and its counterparts around the world. You can listen to Ooh. the Supreme Resort episode entitled Tower of Terror. Uh, was it Twi- uh, Twilight Zone v. Guardians? Uh, yes. And we did refer know. to You know, I'm this... just going to say yes to whatever you asked. Yes, and. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a, um, it's a good ride and a bad movie. Yeah. Well, it was released you still lost. Uh, on television, complete with commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then straight to video after that, which is why it's on the Scraping the Vault show. It's appropriate. It's Disney. Well, yeah. Well, and let's let's just be honest. It's also because one of us happens to love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> love is a strong word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is fine. You know, I have an affection for this <laughs> uh-huh. movie. It fits. It's a straight to video. It's you know, if this podcast were to be called cash grab it would be perfectly fitting because it's a blatant cash grab Mm -hmm. um i remember seeing this on sale in the parks yeah yeah and that's how desperate they were because nothing goes on sale (laughs) in the parks (laughs) yeah you can still get it 
you can still get it. It's uh, you can't watch it on on Disney Plus. Why would you but, be able to? Right. You know what? I don't know if anyone's familiar with uh, Steve Gutenberg's cameo, but I I hope he's doing. I really, really hope he's doing fine, and mm-hmm. that the camera quality that he that you will see on all of his cameos basically it looks like the camera on his phone is broken <laughs> and i'm really worried i'm just sincerely worried about steve gutenberg <laughs> yeah so if you need anything if you need if you want to get you know if you have any friends that would really like to get a message from steve gutenberg for whatever reason or if you just feel like you know throwing a a really good actor, like 150 bucks, and he could say hello. Visit really Steve Gutenberg's cameo. He's good. He's good. Yeah, I I spent close to that on a new swimsuit. Oh. Right, I knew what I did. So you can go buy Audrey's new swimsuit, or mm, yeah. you can help support Steve Gutenberg. Get at the very least a new f- Steve, if you're listening, and yes, <laughs> I suspect you might be. I mean, no disrespect, but you're, I'm worried about the phone situation. Like I'm genuinely concerned. Or do you think it's, uh, just, he, he's using like eight millimeter using like a nineties camera from it's one of his artistic choice. Yeah. I don't think this is a, yeah. I don't think this is a film to phone transfer situation. Like I'm, <laughs> you need to watch these videos. Like the first time I'm like, Oh, ha ha. It's like, there's a line across the screen. On this, and I saw like three more. It's the same thing, same place. I'm like, Oh no, I hope Steve's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there knows Steve Gutenberg, just tell him we're thinking about him and we hope he's okay. Genuinely. Like, <laughs> so now yeah. the, while this film tower of terror, uh, effectively ended Steve Gutenberg's career, uh, mm-hmm. this film, was a jumping off point for one Miss Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. She got an introducing in the beginning of this, in the uh, credits. And she is not Claire Danes. And she is. It's a very good point. Um, <laughs> now I'm trying to find. Why well, well, that's an interesting qualifier. <laughs> I'm saying it's that not... mainly for my own brain. Oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, sort of like everyone, every once in a while, I have to remind myself that, uh, um, not Julia Roberts is not Julia Roberts. What's her name? Um, Julia Roberts. No, she was in Interstellar. Um, oh, oh, uh, Jessica Chastain. No, no, not her. The, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Sandra. No, no, no. She okay, no. Gravity. She's this. No, she. Okay, no. I'm thinking Anne of someone Hathaway. else. But use Anne Hathaway. Yes, but you stumbled on something that's even even bigger because actually. Sandra Bullock is not Julia Roberts, and then Anne Hathaway is not Sandra Bullock. Right. And Jessica Chastain is not Bryce Dallas Howard. Ooh, exactly. that's a good one. That's a good one. Exactly. I think it's also important to note that this film is not on Kirsten Dunst's IMDb page. <laughs> 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 this movie's on IMDb, and they credit her, but when you go to her page, not on there. Mm. If that gives you any indication of what we're about to talk about, um, so also, Dan, giving any indication of what we're about to talk about, if you can hear those dogs in the background, <laughs> I'm sorry, and it's probably going to keep happening. <laughs> I cannot. But, okay, good. Um, so you're probably about to ask me about yes. things from 1997. I am, 
and I have answers to that. Now, because we're revisiting 1997, an old friend of ours is back to visit us. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. What? Hey, what you do? Who is Pirates this? of the Caribbean closes it. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Pirates of the Caribbean closes at Disneyland for its 30th anniversary renovations. Uh, it's not the closure where they make it a PC nightmare that just ignores the history. I'm joking. I'm joking about that. Uh, I was going to say, like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, been on those been, pages too long. Yeah, no, I have been, but I'm not. I haven't turned. Uh, the Carnival Castle is unveiled at Disneyland Paris. Star Wars weekends take place at Hollywood Disney's Hollywood Studios for the first time. The number five locomotive at Walt Disney World is dedicated to Ward Kimball. And uh, Walt Disney World's Pleasure Island is transformed into Pleasure Ireland for St. No. Patrick's Day because <laughs> it's different. Uh, the fifth. And okay, now we covered that. Catania closes at Disneyland. Uh, let's not get into why. Uh, the fourth annual Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival begins. King Stefan's Banquet Hall, a restaurant inside the Magic Kingdom Cinderella Castle, is renamed Cinderella's Royal Table because King uh, Stefan is not in that movie, right? Uh, think one sixty nine boats close. Who? I'm sorry. Whoever, I'm just copying and pasting this information from you need to get your act together this doesn't make any damn sense <laughs> do your work <laughs> right god think 169 boats closes at disneyland i don't yeah. i don't know i'm worried about everybody light magic to be used at disneyland oh, oh. uh disneyland's lion king celebration parade ends it's near three-year run uh, ABC Sound Studio, Sound Studio opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Disney's Coronado Springs, that one's on me, resort opens at Walt Disney World. And the rocket jets close at Disneyland because someone is afraid of heights. I worked at Disneyland Paris during that uh, carnival. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the celebration of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and they decorated their castle all festively. I liked it. Not and I worked Light food. Magic. On opening night. Mm-hmm. Well, you also like this movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have a preview for it, right? We just no, but we do have some commercials from 1997. Keep your dial tuned nice. to News Radio. Next on NBC. You know, man, who the heck even has a TV dial anymore? Totally. You want right. me to give out fluoride for whiter teeth? Relax. Aquafresh Whitening gives you all the fluoride of Crest, but whitens better. So this is like when whitening toothpaste was like an anti-reaction kind of thing. It's just like, ooh, you're going to whiten my teeth. Buick introduced three more impressive new cars. Powerful, stylish, comfortable. New cars well worth celebrating. And that's what we're doing with Buick. Okay, we get the point. Yeah, there was no trailer. Um... So, so let's get straight on into it. Let's talk about this thing (laughs) and what it was about. This is a Halloween episode. And by the way, are we releasing it on Halloween as a special release day? Uh, We may as well. Because I think we missed our release on October. Don't tell them. My costume, I'm a cat. I'm just a cat right now. Meow. (laughs) I got to tell you, my family, we, we get into it. Like last year, I think we were, I was Dumbledore. My wife was um, McGonagall. Oh yeah, Alex oh was God. was uh, yeah. The, he was Harry, and then the uh, the youngest was um, Ron. That's so. Amazing. This year we're the Avengers. Alex wanted to be 
Iron Man and the other, so I keep saying their names. I probably shouldn't. Um, the other one wanted to be Black Panther. Yeah, kids, they don't have rights yet. It's fine. That's fair. <laughs> um, and then, so I want to be uh, the Captain America. And my wife decided to be Hulk. We were talking about She-Hulk and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's a visual gag. But we had we went through this little car parade at their school, and like with window paint, I had you know Captain America on my window. Iron Man, Black Panther, and Hulk, right? So we had the mm-hmm. little reveals. So I roll down. I'm I'm Captain America. I got the mask and the shield. And then Iron Man rolls down his window. Black Panther rolls down his window. And then when Hulk rolls down her window, she's dressed with a red headband, yellow mustache, Hulkamania <laughs> shirt on. Like, it's so funny. It's like such a mom is out of touch joke. She's playing. I on. love it's it. It's awesome. So I funny. Hulk Hogan was a. <laughs> I know who Hulk Hogan is. <laughs> uh, he's the one that wanted to have sex with his daughter, right? Oh, God. Oh, sorry. It's a no, that's our president. That's a different strange <laughs> blonde man. Or a blonde man. But there's a great story that Hulk was in a show that was filmed at Disney's studios in Florida. And he specifically took that role because he lived in Florida and didn't want to have to travel. So he they filmed the show at Hollywood Studio or at Disney World. That's amazing. Anyway. Okay, so The Tower of Terror starring Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. Okay. It all started on Halloween 1939. Mm-hmm. We open immediately on a candle-filled room. We hear a young girl reading a curse of some kind. We pan to an invitation to a party at the Tip Top Club on the top floor of the Hollywood Tower Hotel on October 31st, 1939. Ooh. It has the production quality of a good music video. Yes. From the 80s. <laughs> it features that one song that's swingy and always featured in... Things about the 30s. Rich pastels. No, that was uh that's in the mood. In the mood. Yeah. It's another one like that. I purposely didn't look it up because me too. Um the the invitation suddenly burns and we cut to a cityscape view of the Hollywood Tower Hotel with lightning and a title card. I watched it as though the ride doesn't exist. Oh, it's probably yeah. better if you did it that way. Yeah. No. But there are references to the ride, which we'll get into a little bit. They they kind of shoehorn slash jam it down your throat, but we'll we'll touch on it. So then we cut right to the gates of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. We pan to the elevator to the 12th floor, where we are welcomed to the Tip Top Club. We have establishing shots, big band music, dancing, crowded lobby shots. Then Whip a pans. Group- Yes, whip pans. A lot of whip pans. <laughs> Weird video editing. <laughs> we see a group of excited reporters. We get the reveal of a short bellhop, a stern-looking woman with glasses and a hat, then a Shirley Temple-looking little girl who's posing for the cameras. Finally, we see a slightly older brunette girl who is lurking behind with a jealous and resentful look. She's All brunette. these characters are Wednesday Adams. Yes, she's brunette, so you know she's evil. (laughs) Amidst all of this celebrating, commotion, and big band music, we cut periodically back to the cityscape shot of the Hollywood Tower Hotel with ever-increasing storm clouds, lightning, and thunder. A handsome actor, Cary Grant-looking fellow, is 
waiting patiently at the front desk when he is greeted by a lovely blonde actress. In a hurry, these five people scurry into the elevator to go to their respective floors. And pose perfectly, according to height. Yes, they do. (laughs) The handsome couple couple presumably to the tip-top club, the bellman, Shirley Temple, and the stern-looking woman to their hotel room. The doors close. I will note, the little girl does not have a Mickey Mouse doll in her clutches. One of (laughs) many continuity issues and inconsistencies this movie creates between the film and the ride on which it's based. Missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. After Effects has gotten much better. Yes. (laughs) Then several things happen all at once. The passengers of the elevator are ascending. The band plays. The lightning gets more intense. The book in the seance room from before. Every hotel has one. Yes. Uh, the book in the seance <laughs> like the room. Gideon Bible. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think the Gideons did stamp this book. Uh, yeah. So the book in the seance room quickly turns its pages. We cut to a clock over and over again for some reason, and the tower is struck and the passengers vanish. Their hands. Wow, 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 wow. Yep. <laughs> so that is the opening scene of this movie. Sorry, that was a... Can I try that sound effect one more time? Go for it. Yeah, please do. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We cut to a clock over and over again for some reason, and the tower is struck, and the passengers vanish. (laughs) Yeah, save that to the board, Dan. We should should do a radio play sometime with, like, everybody from all the shows. Yeah. How do I... I'll make that, you know, the wobbly piece of metal... Thunderclap. That's what I wanted. Just any now. chance we have for thunder? <laughs> Maybe if I if I wiggle my notes a little bit. Ooh, let's oh, let's. Oh, does that do anything for you? That's good. That works. That works well. It sounded okay. a little bit like rain. Well, I was <laughs> contributing a little bit. Have you guys ever done that cool thing in a group of people where you make a rainstorm with your hands? Mm, okay, Maybe an improv so class. Sounds like. Sounds like witchcraft to me. Someone mm-hmm. starts by, I apologize for people who hate the sound of skin rubbing, but like everyone starts doing this with their hands where you're just rubbing them together. Right. Hands are... Yep. And then slowly we get drips, which is people snapping their fingers. And then you start getting more, it gets faster and it gets heavier. And then you start patting your legs. Oh, wow, it's a full-on rainstorm. And then to Whoa! make it, to make it then, more realistic, everyone f- posts on Facebook that they can't believe it's raining in California. Yeah, and then oh. drivers forget how to drive and mm-hmm. panic. Um, and then, it, you know, it slows down. You go back to the drips, and then it's just the wind again. Slowly, 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 slowly. And scene. There you go. That's <laughs> okay. a rainstorm. That was really fun. Okay, so thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, so, okay, after this opening scene in 1939 and these people disappear, we cut immediately, immediately to a backlit Steve Gutenberg. He is taking pictures of what appears to be an alien autopsy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a surgeon who is preparing to dissect this alien creature. Just as he is about to make his incision, the creature sits up, remove his head to reveal a young Kirsten Dunst who says, don't even think about it. I'm not Claire Danes. <laughs> I'm Jessica I'm not, Chastain. I'm not Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> so this is what I want to talk about in this scene, okay? There's a lot of unnecessary in this scene. So the surgeon 
gets startled and says, I didn't know anyone was in there. And then Steve mm-hmm. Gutenberg says, how do you think the thing moved, Olivier? And the doctor, who the fake doctor actor, who is uh, clear now, is an actor, says, I don't know. I thought it was animatronic. Oh, yeah. Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. That was so. That was kind of a confusing sequence. I okay, was yeah. Not so sure here's what was happening. Here's what I want to. So we we'll get to what it was. But why would you hire this actor? Put your niece in a costume. Not tell the guy the niece is in the costume, and then mm-hmm. kick him out of the house because he got startled. Like I don't understand what happened. Well, and also like it sounds like they he didn't even need his niece because it was just you could have just left the costume on the table, yeah, right? Exactly. Well, so, yeah, and then uh, so this guy's clearly you hire an actor, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I'm gonna do. We've an all alien hired actors thing. in our time. I mean, Absolutely, you know. who hasn't? And bring him um, to your niece's house. Yeah, he calls one eight hundred call actor, and I he use says, that service every Friday. <laughs> our new mm-hmm. our new sponsor, one eight hundred call actor. He says. I need a person that can play a doctor. So they're like, okay, so you just need a person. It's like, true. And then any person will do. Any person will do. It's just going to be still pictures. They don't even need to like speak. No, they, they just need to understand that they're an actor because they are. And then the, the guy shows up and they're like, Hey, here's an alien. And the actor's like, well, if you found an alien, why haven't you gotten a scientist? Like, well, this is fake. So the point is he knew it was fake from the yeah. beginning and there's no reason for any of any of it. Any of it. Uh, we we established this relationship between Steve and his niece, okay? But so he starts escorting the doctor out of the house and on his way out, he, he'll send the check to the house. And then the doctor says, did you believe I was a real doctor? And Gutenberg says, yes, because I hate doctors. And right now I really hate you. Why does he hate him for like not knowing that his niece was in this costume that he should have told him to begin with? Is it like to is the is the point of the scene to just show that Buzzy or whatever his name is is his name is Buzzy is kind mm-hmm. of too soon. Is is he mm-hmm. is he just a grump? That's like the point of the scene is to show him as kind of a hard ass. But that's the only time in this movie he's a hard ass of any kind. Well. I I, I disagree, and I and this is something I have later, but I think it's more something to frame the whole thing. I think Steve Gutenberg, please please support him, but um, tell him we too, hope he's okay. He's too likable as like a person to play this part that's supposed to be this like kind of scampy, like scoundrelly ne'er do well sort of character. Who, by like the a- way. Disney has a weird habit of having like leading men who like are like of dubious employment who somehow just have just endless resources. But imagine this role played by like uh, Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. I could you see know? that. Could and still I think, work. I think it would work better because Steve Gutenberg is too likable to play, you know, this, this guy who's kind of a dick. Or Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, that could work. Mm. Or Kelsey Grammer. Ooh. Right? John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Hol- Sorry. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Host of a hoagie. Did you know that Leonard Nimoy directed uh, Three Men and a Baby? What? I did. I did. You can, <laughs> yep. you can get Leonard Nimoy. 
Get what an evil. Oh, he could do it. He could totally <laughs> Spock this up. Yeah. Actually, no, though, <laughs> if Give it you, the old Spock treatment. I actually put some thought into this. And if you get Dan Aykroyd, who at the time, 1997, would have totally worked in this. Yes. Then he's also a complete weirdo. He would have like probably gotten into the script and said, yeah, let's make this completely strange. Kind of like uh, Nothing But Trouble. Punch which, it up. Which, by the way, is... A wonderfully weird movie, and if you uh, if you want to see more about it, check out Red Letter Media. They have a good take on that. But mm-hmm. it's just it's something that that I found distracting me the whole time, and I didn't identify it until later. And it's like, oh, Steve Gutenberg's just too nice. Yeah, I don't think he was a hard ass in this movie. I think he was a slimy because he's like right. a used car I'm, salesman, slimy. right? And I'm not saying hard ass at all. I'm just saying that, again, slimy, like he's a scammer. Yeah, but yeah, this. This opening scene for him does not serve to. It doesn't serve anything other. Sorry, other than to establish the fact that he's basically a tabloid photographer. Um, So Mm -hmm. after he kicks the doctor actor out, um, he turns to Kirsten Dunst and says, "Don't grow up to be an actor." (laughs) Nah. (laughs) So yeah, so we establish that he's a tabloid photographer who makes up all sorts of wild stories and photographs. And then he photographs them, putting uh, his credibility as a legit journalist to question right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kirsten Mm -hmm. asks if any of what he does is true and whether he ever wanted to do anything real. Now, this is perhaps the deepest (laughs) idea in the film (laughs) is that he says, aside from sports and obituaries, everything in media is no different. Truth doesn't count. Selling papers counts. And the character's last name is Breitbart. (laughs) It's Buzz, by the way. He's a he's a newspaper reporter. His name is Buzz, and What's his last the buzz? name exactly. And his last name, guys, Aldrin. Uh, Chris. Chris. His last name is. Oh, I wrote it to you guys in a Buzz Chris. Chris. Oh, Crocker. Crocker. <laughs> like crock. Of- oh, what a crock. I get it. Oh, it's wow. the wor- this That's maybe terrible. horrible naming in this film. Uh, there's another really great one that I'm sure you'll point out later. I probably won't, but I know all the names, so we'll we'll get there, and you can point it out when I do. Okay, all right. Um, but I thought that was a fairly profound, a little bit cynical statement. But you know, truth doesn't count. Yep. Papers counts. Mm, Selling yeah. papers. Foreseeing 2020. Yeah. So speaking of newspapers, in a fun Make little new- transition. Transition uh, is that his sister? So he they're doing this shoot in his sister's house with his niece, mm-hmm. and she drops the newspaper, which then gets picked up as a stack of newspapers on the newsroom floor. That's a fun transition. Mm-hmm. And Nia Van Peebles. Wait, who- hold on, back up. There is a really important <laughs> part in the scene with the the aunt. Okay, and she's like, "I gotta plant trees." She wants to plant trees real bad. What is that about? What is what are the trees about? It feels like a crazy loose end to me. Yeah, and they never really plant them, do they? Mentions it twice. Like, is she an arborist? Is she a conservationalist? Conservationist? She she just needs conversationalist. Maybe she's Mm -hmm. a tree. (laughs) Rationalist. Rash on her wrist. Yes. From tree pollen. That's right. That's <laughs> why he needs to do trees. it because she gets rashes. So he needs to do it. 
Maybe it's about roots. Maybe it's because this guy's such a loose cannon. He's, he doesn't really have anybody and pushes everybody away because all he cares about is his work. Maybe planting trees are like symbolism for him getting roots and being stable. So I, I, you yeah, got, you got, no, me. I guess, Re- huh? no, 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 no. The- I think, I think, <laughs> I think you're onto something there, but I think, I think what I'm not going to imply that anyone in the writer's room was like doing a good job at all. But I feel like if we're going to think about that, it's probably something along the lines of it. This shows that this character is thinking about the future. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That's pretty she's deep. Older, right? Yeah. She's like a long-term goal kind of person. She's a, what so it's we a would big call metaphor. Yeah, she would. What, she's what we would call in the ADHD literature of Mister One, Tom Hartman. He, she's more of a farmer uh, type, mm. which is you know you're you're able to set long-term goals and you know work towards them. Where oh. uh, Buzzy uh, last name is like a hunter. He's focused mm. on his next meal. Um, I think you probably, I think you probably nailed it at writer's room, and there was a coffee break, and <laughs> somebody down the hall was like, "Oh God, my sister wants me to come over and plant some trees." Mm. <laughs> and they put or, it in the movie. More, more likely that, actually, yes. <laughs> Back to the writer's room. Yes. Uh, so uh, we we cut to Nia Van Peebles, <laughs> who's a busy news lady. And mm-hmm. she was, she's, she's told he is here. So she says to tell the assistant, I'm busy, but to be nice to him. The him she mentions is Buzzy, who surprises her outside her office. His name is Buzzy. Um, <laughs> he says, I have something huge and I'm coming to you first. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> it's a euphemism. Or, yeah, uh, I doubt it. Again, I don't. I think it's just the way he plays it. But so he he pitches her all these lame ideas. She rejects them. We establish that they've had a previous relationship, which is a little weird. Um, but good tried, in improv. Sure, <laughs> which this was not. <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't. Why? Why do they need to have a previous relationship? This because nothing attractive male, attractive female, they have to want to. Yeah, romantic. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> right, but then then you have the the other character who I'm not going to reveal the truth about her quite yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have that character, which you could totally like you could play this movie as like oh here's this guy he doesn't have a love interest and i'm watching a movie and what's happening i can't believe i'm watching a movie and there's no love interest and then this other character shows up it's like dang love interest here i am and then all of a sudden you get really invested into like (laughs) you get invested into them moving forward and then when something is revealed about her later it's even more of a like oh no what's gonna happen but yeah. no, it's just an off-the-shelf movie with off-the-shelf music and off-the-shelf characters. That's right. So uh, back to that point of the love interest, he starts like reminiscing and like maybe we can just go to the place we used to go to and and you know let's try again and and she's like, was it this that you miss or is it me? Like all mm-hmm. of this, like the action and the paper, the you know the real legit newspaper. And uh, he doesn't answer her question. Mm. 
Mm. She even says, you didn't answer my question. He's bothering her at her workplace. Like, what a <laughs> turd. It's 1997. That's fine, then. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You're just going to apologize for his behavior? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we cut to his apartment complex, right? And he goes to his apartment and he walks in to an already open door of his apartment. Mm, hold on. You Spooky. missed a very important point. Okay. He helps an old man with the groceries. That's true. He does. And the groceries are heavy. See? And you know why they're heavy? Because he got a bunch of prunes. Because he's an old man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 He was yeah. being pretty heroic there. Movie. Prunes. <laughs> see, see he's a nice doing. guy. I see, yeah, I see, I see what you're going for. I'm not taking it yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> he is greeted in his apartment with the open door by one Abigail Gregory. She's an elderly woman, and she's sitting in his apartment. And he, she knows everything about Buzzy's work. And she pitches him a story. She recounts the story of the Hollywood Tower Hotel accident where five people disappeared. He thinks he knows the story, but Abigail was there, and she is going to tell him the real story. Set to a ballet. No, well, uh, this is, that was, the that was Steve Gutenberg being he heroic. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> See, Police Academy was a series of films in the eighties. I know about Police Academy, starring Steve. <laughs> yes. So I want to propose something here, and I this kind of ruins the movie for me in ways that often ruin things for me. What if this movie, forgetting what we find out about the old lady uh, later on in the movie, because that's stupid. Um, spoilers. <laughs> the whole movie spoilers. <laughs> is the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> so, what if the main character in the movie was this old lady? And yes, yeah, she could have a niece. It could be Claire Danes, and um, <laughs> and she believes in this person, and it, she experienced this thing. And here's this character who like is off in the distance, and it's like. This, you get this whole first act of her saying, well, I'm going to – Steve Gutenberg will understand and or whatever. And then she go, she shows up and all of a sudden this guy, he's a mess. But she doesn't see it because she just she, – she believes, right? And he knows he's a fraud, but he doesn't want to like let her down. But he also kind of wants to get her ready for the possibility that he's a fraud. You have such a better movie from that point going forward. If you just make the old lady, just just Titanic this. Oh, interesting. Yeah, not a bad idea. That would. Um, would you change the ending, Dan? I think you would need to. I think the ending's just completely stupid anyway. <laughs> um, but I think. I mean, just picture that. That it's you. That'd you're be invested cool. in this person's story and. The Steve Gutenberg character doesn't need to change at all. The only thing that needs to change is the the villain, which I'm not going to tell you, but it's, it's a she twist. could still be the. I mean, he could still be the. Someone could still be the villain, right? Well, speaking of the villain, um, do you remember in the opening scene where we saw that stern lady with glasses? In a yeah, she. Her name was Emmeline Partridge. And evil name if I ever the, heard one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. She's the she looks evil. 
she's also brunette. Um, so Abigail tells Buzzy that Emmeline Partridge, who is Sally Shine's nanny, had black magic and she made them all disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abigail lived in the hotel and so did Sally Shine. So Abigail was there. She was the lurking jealous girl from the first scene. She continues to tell Buzzy that Miss Partridge was a witch, and Abigail followed her that night and saw her casting the spell in the seance room that every hotel has. Mm -hmm. It's right next to the Spock room, which is where you go for a foot soak. Correct. And And where Vulcan. That's right. Hand (laughs) hand massage. Where the director of Three Men and a Little Baby. Anyway. uh, Yeah, so she, Emmeline Partridge. I I think Burt Reynolds is a good choice. Relaxation is (laughs) illogical. He's not available. So I said, what about Tom Selleck? (laughs) Mm -hmm. God. I was watching Mm -hmm. Cheers at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, I'm only on page two and I've got eight pages. Oh my gosh. Let's pick up the pace. Come on. Energy, energy, energy. No one told you to. (laughs) She summoned, she, Emmeline uh, Partridge, Miss Partridge is the one that summoned the black powers of the underworld (laughs) to curse Sally. Everyone loves Sally. That is, of course, everyone except Miss Partridge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Buzzy is not buying this story. Abigail is upset by this, and she has been living with this terrible, tragic story for 50 years. That's a Nobody, long time. It is. Nobody believes, or maybe it was 40, closer to 40. Um, anyway, nobody believes her story, and she thought because Buzzy is so in touch with the supernatural because of all his tabloid made-up stories, huh, mm-hmm. that he would believe her. So now we established that this woman must be a nut job because she believes the tabloids and Buzzy knows that everyone anyone who actually believes his stories must be crazy right so we can clearly she's a nutty lady right and so far we have zero buy-in for this mystery it's like first of all we we saw it take place and then she's like hey remember that thing that happened well it happened and then she goes into more detail and she's like here's more things that are good that you're gonna see in the movie what and then what why did she wait so long to contact him to dig up the details of this we're gonna find because the movie was happening now because the movie needed her to (laughs) this is now well we're gonna find that that will be revealed at a later point um so every halloween she is haunted by this and this curse so they don't believe each other but she has proof she has the key that unlocks the basement of the hotel The hotel has been empty since that night in 1939, but the Book of Souls and her seance room must still be there. If uh, why does he? Why does she want? I don't know. She could have done it himself. Um, (laughs) So if if Buzzy could just go and get that book, then everyone will believe Abigail's story. But she can't go. Here's why. Yeah, but she's the one that did it. I mean, let's. It's who cares about the the twist, right? (laughs) (laughs) I built an eight page story build up for this massive reveal. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Oh no, God! (laughs) I mean, we can cut that if you want, or we can move forward. Okay, whatever. Um, So here's why she can't go, right? Because the memories are just too painful. That's why she says she can't do it. 
But what, okay, are we cutting that or are we keeping it? I don't it? care. Whatever. Go ahead. Okay. Why give him the key and why tell him where the magic book is that if like Cause it's not like is, she can't go to the hotel because we see her at the hotel. This is beneath yeah, she, a Scooby Doo villain. Like this is yeah. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> why get him involved? This movie shouldn't happen. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't need to happen, and then it happens, and then why did? It, yeah, there, there's a lot of. This I is an talk elevator shaft-sized hole in the plot. Nah, this yeah. is <laughs> trying to somehow. I mean, first of all, the ride is a Twilight Zone. Exactly, episode. exactly. So I don't. If they're gonna do it, do a Twilight Zone episode, not a Steve Gutenberg <laughs> rom com or whatever. Right, and as as we as as you talked about, you know, in great detail. They went into so much effort to make the ride like really Mm -hmm. a Twilight Zone experience. This takes it completely out of that where it's Mm -hmm. just like, "Eh, it's a movie about a thing you don't care about. It's probably better suited on the Queen Mary, which we also own currently, but whatever. Was you'll buy it. Do you think that this is Disney's attempt at making a Twilight Zone episode, but they couldn't get the rights for the naming for the TV? I don't know. I think, I think CBS owned it for TV rights. Maybe. Honestly, and I don't know that this is accurate, but the whole time I kept getting a vibe of two different movies for the first half of the first act or so. I was feeling like this feels like Tomorrowland, like the setup for tomorrow. Oh, the movie? The movie, yeah. Uh, where it's like, I don't know. I don't know why. It could be just me. But I was also thinking the, the tone of this is a lot like, uh, Lord of Illusions, which is a movie that came mm. out two years ahead, a Clyde Barker movie, which is actually pretty good. I mean, it's dated, but whatever. Um, I don't know what this movie is trying to be. Is it? Well, we'll I, we I do want to talk about it because there's a lot there's a lot to talk about, but I want to go through the sequence to build for the the big reveal. Is it like Tomorrowland because George Clooney was originally going to play Buzzy? Are you serious? No. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so, so she convinces him to to go to the hotel to get the book, so everyone will finally believe her. And he thinks this is just the sort of legitimate story his career needs. And Chris, Kristen Dunst, Kirs, is it Kristen or Kirsten? Kirsten? I get this name. It really screws me up. Kirsten. Kirsten <laughs> Dunst. At is she the one who who has convinced him? Has he convinced? Has she convinced him yet? <laughs> That no, he needs. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm no, jumping. She doesn't ahead. know anything about this. So, um, I already so gave very, away the twist, so exactly. I don't think it matters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're cutting that out. No, we're and not. then we're going to release the, the you spoiling the twist the as a post episode content. <laughs> Be the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene, he's at the gates of the hotel, and as he tours the courtyard, he picks a white rose, and he starts to hear noises. It turned that white rose is going to be important later. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out to be Chris Todd, who is the quartermaster. So from this point on, we're going to call him Q because that's how everybody else referred to him for the rest of the movie. Uh, so he had agreed to meet Buzzy at the hotel. It turns out Chris Todd or Q is the grandson of Dewey Todd, the bellhop who disappeared that night. And Q is the great grandson of the person who built the hotel and made his own son the bellhop, I guess. <laughs> you know, it builds character. Yeah. And Q is also uh, another way to to say the word line. Oh, so you Audrey. would Q for oh. the haunted 
Hollywood wow. House. What's it called again? <laughs> Tower of Terror. Tower of the name of the movie. Queue for Tower of Terror to go on the ride. And by the oh, way, God. that's where they met. Where the queue would be is where they met. Oh God! Oh, I bet that's so exactly did they was. film totally. this? Did they film this whole movie at an actual? The, there Tower are a lot of, of the exterior shots ride. were filmed in the ride queue or like Amazing. the exit courtyard and some of the interior. That's some kind of, of what I was hoping to hear because yep. yeah. So like any right. any shots, any establishing shots of the tower itself, if you saw it and you were like, wow, those clouds look oddly like Florida clouds, then mm-hmm. that's because it was Florida. I know a Florida cloud when I see yeah. one. The, mm-hmm. And in fact, some of the uh, other hotel shots where you see like the hotel courtyard, those were filmed at the Inspiration Hotel in Riverside, California. Oh, what? Mm. That's cool. I totally so made that up. Didn't they have a function? Didn't oh. they have a functional <laughs> movie true. studio at the Disney Studios they did. at that time? Mm-hmm. So why, why make it my why 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 make it two coasts? <laughs> why? I don't know. I made that up, man. I have no idea where. <laughs> no, no. I I looked it up. They actually filmed some of the stuff at Hollywood Tower to, Hotel Tower Tower mm-hmm. Tell Tell, um, right. And yeah, and they filmed other things in California. So mm-hmm. why? Would, I every movie I, gets filmed in multiple places, right? But they have a function. This is not. This is not a great piece of art. I guarantee it took less than a week to film this. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> that's like that's short. That's no time at all. Yeah, there probably wasn't. I mean, they took maybe two takes per shot. Right. But all those Dutch angles. (laughs) That's true. If you like Dutch angles, this is the movie. I love Dutch angles. Bring back the Dutch angle. Dutch angle weekly gave it five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Watch Thor again, Audrey. Which one? The first one. It'd be like, it's like Dutch angle porn. Um, Uh, it's regular porn with Mr. Hunky Pants. That's true. Hemsworth in it. He is Hunky Pants for sure. But that hair. His hair is really bad in the first Thor. Yeah. And the, I like it short, they, Ragnarok. They do something weird with his eyebrows that really bugs me. Of course, mm. I watch these movies for hair and makeup. Of course I do. Naturally, because you're yeah. a hair insurance salesperson. <laughs> teeth, <laughs> teeth on the side. Yeah, teeth. Um, <laughs> it was hard, to, it was Chris hard to see. Again? Say what? Are you talking about what you do with Chris Hemsworth? Teeth on no, the side. No, no, no. I just... <laughs> uh, Tooth Insurance Weekly gave Thor a whopping <laughs> five seven out of, Dutch angles seven. out of ten uh, vertigo shots. Uh, anyway, so uh, Q's great grand dude is what he calls him the entire film. The dude uh, abides. Great grand dude was so freaked out about what happened that night that he closed the doors forever until they figure out what happened to Dewey. And once they figure out what happened, then Chris Q inherits Ka-ching. the whole thing. Ka Ching. Mm-hmm. So he is Neither motivated. Of That's these his characters motivation. are likable. Neither of them. Don't we I have a Ka Ching sound effect somewhere? Uh, we, not we blurted out. <laughs> okay. There, there it was. There it was. Um, <laughs> so Chris uh, opens the door for. Uh, for uh, bu- Buzzy, you, you call him Steve Gutenberg. It's funny. Steve Gutenberg, but <laughs> I mean, he was playing Steve Gutenberg. Let's be fair. Right. Uh, but he refuses to go in himself because the place is haunted. As Buzzy starts to explore the hotel, some creepy things start to happen. Like 
a Ooh. statue's eyes light up, Ooh. a bat flies out from under a table, and the white rose that he picked from the garden and put in a vase on the front desk disappeared. <laughs> that's what happened. Or that's, oh, excuse me. That happened after he found the Book of Souls in the seance room that every hotel has. That confirms Abigail was right. Even more mm. creepy stuff like laughter, a pen <laughs> that almost lands on his hand, Drop. and as he passes a mirror, Miss Partridge, the evil one, pokes her head out of the mirror to watch him. I'm evil because I have brown hair. And glasses. And, and again, After Effects have gotten better. They've gotten much, much better. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a pretty... It was a crusty effect. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> jarring, jarring. But it and was then the ghost of TV. Michael Winslow's career showed up with <laughs> chains shackled. <laughs> I made these chains myself with every helicopter sound that I made. <laughs> Beware! These Steven. are the chains I forged in life. Soon you will be on to the Never break the chain. With a broken phone and I almost said TikTok. <laughs> oh, I wonder if Michael Winslow has a cameo. He does. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you almost got one from Michael oh, Winslow for your birthday. Huh? He charges too much. <laughs> That's awesome. I would have probably paid you back. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. Um, all right. So then we cut to commercial. It's our first commercial break. That's when you should have inserted those commercials, by the way. If you're going to create electricity, use it. The Seiko Kinetic Watch. Electrically charged every time you move your body. Hey there, Scraping the Vault fans. We want to take a real minute from the fun and painstaking detail of this movie um, I'm joined with Audrey. Hey, Audrey. Hello. Hey. So uh, we also have a special guest. Um, it is one very special guest from California. It is the governor of California, Mr. Gavin Newsom. Mr. Newsom, hey, how's it going? How, what's up? Mr. Newsom, hello. Yeah. Hi. I just got done, finished surfing. Oh. And enjoying a delicious carne asada taco. And I also... Um, I... Let's see what I skied. I did some skiing. Oh, wow. You did that thing that people talk about where you ski in one day and surf in the same day. That seems right. like a lot of work. And yeah, fun. that's the thing that Californians it's California. say. It's like, I live in California. I can surf in the morning and ski. In I, the- did so, I did and some dance pack moves. Away with the- a burrito the size of a small child. Pack, pack away a small child, whatever. It's cool. Yeah. So, Mr. Newsom, I, I, you've been in the news quite a bit lately. Um, yeah. Yeah. As governor of California. Right. Some- well, I did do those. That uh, Are you referring to the uh, the musical tour that I did with the California Raisins? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, but also there's some there's some news about um, about uh, rules that's going to take to reopen the theme parks in California. And right. You well, you see, that- if they don't if they don't have avocados in every single every single dish, I don't see a reason. But uh, I did want to just swing by and talk to you about this service that I discovered uh, uh-huh. when I was figuring out ways to to crush. Disneyland because I'm I I, I hate happiness and joy and mm-hmm. I I it, it's called uh, concierge and oh, interesting. should yeah. I ever allow 
Disneyland to open again, which I have no intention to because it's definitely in my best interest for it to remain closed forever Mm -hmm. for some reason. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just laughing maniacally thinking of all the joy that I've squashed in this, in this state, which is entirely on purpose and 100% under my control. Right. I'm very opinionated about this issue. Aren't I? Anyway, concierge, it's a service that they will help you plan your vacation to uh, Disney World currently, if you mm-hmm. dare to go there. Um, go give a high five to Ron DeSantis, <laughs> douche, giving an avocado with my name on it. Uh, <laughs> now, you were just at Disney World just a week or two ago touring right. the theme well, parks and I, to see if they're safe. I used, I used concierge, and I, I just I gave him a call. I don't have the number in front of me because I wasn't prepared for this, but I do know what their, that their website is www.concierge.com. Um, so I went over there and I talked to them. They got to know me. They said, Oh, hey, so you're, you're going to be coming over here. Why don't you go to the one in California? It's because I hate that one. I yep. hate it. That's why you won't let it open, oh, right? Snow White, amazing. Scary Adventures scared me as a young child. And ever since I've been, hell-bent on destroying that park bit by bit mm-hmm. and this are you gonna bring back paul pressler virus i'm you know what paul i'm gonna marry paul pressler because <laughs> you can it's illegal i did that's why i did it this is all part of my plan <laughs> covid's part of my plan it's all it's all coming together <laughs> but if you needed to plan a trip then I, absolutely if yeah. they're better they're frankly they're better at planning your trip to Disney parks or, or Gator World or anything, then uh, frankly, I am at, at these devious plants. They are now, the ultimate planners. Now, and fra- the- I'm trying to get them on my <laughs> so we so we can close the Grand Canyon because I don't oh, like yeah. happy. I don't like good things. There's apparently. too many rocks there. Yeah, yeah, totally. and chances to fall to your death. So, Harry, you were the mayor of San Francisco. You're the 42nd mayor of San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. When I oversaw, you know, this was in the time that a lot of tech uh, was booming. So, you know, there was Early a lot off. of square space going on. There's a lot of uh, Lisa mattresses. Yep. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, password protects were, were going there. And those are all really good services. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, go well, hop on a bulldozer, and I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ram right into the teacups because uh, <laughs> that's the kind of governor I am, I guess. <laughs> Don't forget SeaWorld. Oh yeah, no SeaWorld's good. I they're open because <laughs> people because you see SeaWorld makes people angry, and it's contentious, <laughs> and I actually. <laughs> In, my, in part of my scheme, my uh, I'm going to demand that they rename the park Blackfish, the theme park, so Ooh. that it makes people more upset. You need to get some corporate tie-ins, right? And you, you know, I'm, I'm an evil, evil tyrant. So, thank you, What's Governor. What's the phone number for concierge? It's eight five six hour ears. Okay, that's What's eight five six. What's the switch do? What's the switch? <laughs> oh no. I'm a fan of continuity almost as, as much as I'm not a fan of, of having Disneyland open. That switch uh, turns off the power to our backyard studio where that uh, Star Wars podcast gets recorded. Oh. You know, I, yeah, I'm going to leave it. Nah. Yeah. 
turn it off. <laughs> hey! You son of a bitch for trying to record a mediocre podcast over here. <laughs> okay, I'll turn it back on. <sighs> Thanks, Governor. If that Good. were a bit, I, I feel like it would have gotten old with that one. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. if which were a bit. You being if, Dan as other people. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just <laughs> Oh, sorry. Are we still going? <laughs> yeah. 856 Our Ears. Okay. Screw doesn't Governor mind. Newsom is the weird guy. <laughs> Governor Newsom is having fun. Do 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 Newsom jingle. I'm totally yeah. Gavin Newsom, and I approve of this message. <laughs> Back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to Scraping the Vault. Uh, we meet Buzzy again reading the Book of Souls. He thinks, out loud. Yes, out, out loud. loud. Out loud. He thinks it's all very silly. But in order to write the story, he convinces his sister to let his niece, Anna, come with him to the hotel to dress up like Sally Shine for some pictures. At the hotel, we meet up with Q again. Buzzy asks what these ghosts look like. And Q says he's never seen one because he refuses to go into the hotel. Buzzy goes, you. yeah, right? He's too busy waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, How long have you been waiting out here, Q? Well, from this point, I've been waiting 90 minutes. <laughs> Do you have a fast pass? <laughs> I see what you did there. It took me a minute. <laughs> so Buzzy goes to check on Anna who refuses to be seen in the Sally Shine costume and he tells Q he's expecting an actress to arrive anytime. I'm not going to live out your creepy Lolita fantasy. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so in the lobby, Anna is protesting to the costume when the actress, the aforementioned actress appears at the front door. Her name is Claire Poulet which is French for chicken. Mm -hmm. His name is Buzz Crocker. Uh, anyway, Crocker? We, already, we already talked about that. Um, Crockpot is a way to cook chicken. <laughs> so Buzzy is absolutely smitten with Claire. And I want to get into this. Dan already kind of alluded to it before because he's got this love interest with... Uh, um, Really tempted to spoil this with one Jill. Too. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this thing, and this isn't a spoiler thing. This is a commentary <laughs> thing. But 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 he's got this thing with Jill and the Evan Peebles, and now he's hardcore flirting with this this uh, uh, Poulet lady, right? Awkwardly, awkward. Which I awkward, and it gets worse. And then it, it the reveal at the very end makes it all just <laughs> very cucky. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so. Uh, the, so Buzz is like smitten with Claire. They suddenly hear music coming from somewhere. And so Buzzy goes to investigate. The music mm. gets louder and we start to hear party guests, but no one is there. And oh. the music is gone. And is Claire, I forget, even though I just watched this today, is Claire still with them at this point? No. Okay. So then a little girl's voice in a nod to the ride. This is our first sort of homage to the ride other than seeing the ride building mm -hmm. and the queue um and the animatronics but uh, anyway so um 
when you get there is cute. That's right. So then a little girl's voice in a nod to the ride sings, it's raining, it's pouring, which is always creepy. And then suddenly down a hallway, there's an ominous green glow and we see Sally Shine skipping toward them singing, it's raining, it's pouring. Then she disappears. Oh. And then from behind them, a table with a lifeless body laying on it, uh, laying on it is rolling itself toward them. Just when Anna, who had since joined Buzzy, says it's a dummy, the hand of the body reveals a meat cleaver, sits up to reveal it's a headless body for some reason, unrelated to anything but jump scares. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's There's no reason. Other than maybe they're trying to scare him away because they don't want, I don't know. But they're Uh, ghosts. Like they can just be like, boo, I'm a ghost. Like, I mean, with more passion. Yeah, because later on in the movie, these people like have full on conversations. But there's anyway. fire. They have there's fire. There's hellfire. There's hellfire later. They have ghostly hellfire powers, and then they do this thing where it's like, "Hey, remember the TV version of The Shining? It's like this." So I, I have been to out of there so yeah. much and earlier than this. I probably would not have gone in. I wouldn't I'm, have. I'm a badass. I would have <laughs> fought the ghosts. My fists. I would have been still waiting in the queue. I have scary mm. dreams about ghosts. Mm-hmm. So they scream at that point and they run away and we cut to Q and Claire sitting on the patio steps when Buzz and Anna come running and screaming and ranting all about all the haunted stuff they just witnessed. And Buzz is thrilled. He is going and- to come back tomorrow with Jill from the newspaper to show her how real it is. This is the greatest story of all time. By the way, Kirsten Dunst, when she runs out of the hotel, actually says, it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is, he's just really excited because he's realized, like, I can really prove that there are ghosts. And so tomorrow I'm coming back here. I'm bringing the newspaper lady and we're going to show the world that ghosts are real. And you'll never guess what day tomorrow is. Valentine's uh, Day. Uh, a birthday of some Halloween. Oh, mazel. Cut to commercial. And it was somebody's birthday. Dan, mm-hmm. no more spoilers. That's not a spoiler. Oh. She mentioned it. That's true. It's Abigail's birthday. Yeah. She, she's the old lady who mm-hmm. told us the story about Emmeline being the evil one. And I can't, I, I, I can't think of a single movie or anything where a major point in the story of is that it's someone's birthday. It ends mm-hmm. up being a good thing. Because you got like the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland. You got people complaining about being closed as their birthday. Oh, yeah. Those it's, people. It, yeah. But it's just like it, it seems really, really lazy. Yeah. Speaking it's of lazy, like, the plot holes birthday. of the like the, the party at the end. Like, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, spoil anything. So the back, we're back at the newspaper and Jill, busy being, you know, boss lady. She mm-hmm. sees Buzzy, but she's like ducking corners so that he won't see her. And then he catches up to her and he pitches her the story about the hotel and the ghosts. And um, and then he has a witness who was there. And then she doesn't believe him. Um, and then this is the first time he's telling the truth. This is the truth. That's what you said five years ago. Oh, right. And the story of the hotel. Good improv scene right there. Yeah. <laughs> the story of, of the um the the hotel and what happened is like well known, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's well known. Sally Shine so, is more famous now than she's ever been. 
Right. So we live in a world where this mystery is is well known, but like nobody has examined it. No. And it involves a child star. That's right. Okay. Yep. Uh, That is all very true in this universe. Uh, So at this point, she's so fed up with all of his BS for five years of nonsense. Um, I guess they had a date five years ago. I don't know. Anyway, so she kicks him out. Never come back here again. And then after she leaves, because she still kind of got a soft spot for him, she asks her assistant to do a background check on Abigail Gregory. Then we're back in Buzzy's apartment. Abigail and Anna, who are now friends, I guess, are chatting <laughs> about their plan. Because mind you, all of this happened in a 48-hour period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, but now somehow Abigail and Anna are alone together in his apartment. Uh, anyway, so Abigail needs... Uh, identifiers from each of the victims in order to break the spell on Halloween, which is also Abigail's birthday. She mm-hmm. already has a lock of Sally's hair, which is creepy in and of itself. And she why? has the hanky. Why is that? Why is that weird? Well, I have um, locks of hair here. I got some. Well, of that's your, it's probably. It's probably. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> and uh, so we have like. Should I not be doing that? Should I not be? Are you brewing polyjuice potion? You Dan, no, I just feel like it's, a, it's just—it's just a way for me to feel close to people. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have bag of pubis. See <laughs> yeah. Borat too. It's good. See um, Borat too. And then we have uh, EP Emmeline Partridge's handkerchief. So we've got those two. Now we just need the other three's identifiers. Uh, and the fact they call them identifiers, like anyway. Um, Abigail has lived her whole life knowing what happened and she wants to make it right. Yeah. Forget that I spoiled it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Abigail's the good one. (laughs) Emmeline Partridge is the bad one. Totally. 100%. And you can tell by how they're acting. How would we know any different at this point? Totally. Like the... She looks mean, so she's yes. bad. Yeah, and Abigail's just a sweet little old lady. Just a sweet lady. She yeah, wouldn't hurt I a mean, Yeah. So if you're a fan of Twin Peaks, Leo Johnson is the like the <laughs> Miss Partridge, and I'm not going to say who the other person is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, Buzz, Anna, and Abigail are now at the hotel. Q gives them the names of the two actors who were lost and gave them Grandpa Dewey's hat. Now. Now they have a third identifier, Grandpa Dewey's hat, the bellman. Uh, they are now off to find the identifiers of the last two victims when they are greeted by Miss Poulet, that actress who's dressed up like Miss Partridge because she, you know, wants to play the part and she wants a role and she wants a job, blah, blah, blah. There's a For whole a second, other... I, I thought that you were going to say they were greeted by Miss Piggy, like my brain actually gave me mm. that information. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> that that wouldn't have hurt this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would have actually improved it she was in the studios at the time probably (laughs) right um so so buzz buzz then takes pictures of her miss poulet and flirts like crazy i i did not go into detail this is a whole conversation they had which really doesn't move the plot forward at all she's a struggling actress he's a struggling artist blah 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 um and uh, but so, Jimmy, it establishes that there's something mysterious about her. There is something mysterious about her, and she she 
So she thinks that he cares about the people who went missing, you know, who vanished. Mm -hmm. But she finds out through this whole thing that he really just cares about the story. And that really upsets her for some reason. Um, So anyway, that means that Anna's sitting on the front porch by herself. So they share sob stories about their life's failures. And Anna gets bored and goes inside the hotel. Now, this is where it gets uber creepy. But go ahead. Sorry, I just saw in my notes. I no no joke. I wrote Claire Danes is the most is, is, is the most believable performer. Yeah, yeah, it's but true. It wasn't I thought, Claire Danes. No, it's not. But I know what you mean. Q, I think Q was the worst. Any scene that he's, he's in, I'm just like, uh, nah, he's been in other stuff. I liked him in. To that point, I've been calling. I, I wrote in my notes that. Uh, Buzzy, I've been writing Dewey the whole time because he seems like a, it feels like a Dewey. <laughs> but yeah, the, he seems a little Dewey. The Bellman is a Dewey. Uh, okay, so this is where it gets real creepy. Um, we could have a kid together and name it <laughs> Dewey um, Q. Dewey. No, Dewey Crocker. Doozy. <laughs> so Claire, Claire Dickens goes into the hotel and uh, we see a man. Wait, it's pat- Kirsten Dunst, right? It is, I know. Okay, okay. <laughs> now I've just ruined it. From, I've ruined it. I, well, yeah, you know that I, not on purpose. I totally ruined this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> now you're more confused. I, yes. <laughs> so there was in the background, we see a man walking. Uh, we see a man hanging like. His feet dangling yeah, five feet never, above the ground. We never explore that one at Not all. Not at all. Like <laughs> full on dead hanging man, which so, there, we revealed there's, there's these five people living in the hotel, but did one of them fake hang himself to like try to even, scare her? It's not, but it, and it's not even there. Like none of the characters see this. It's just Mm-mm. there for us. It's to for see. us. It's a jump scare, one hundred percent, because this is a Halloween movie. Her <laughs> <laughs> phone's gonna have yeah. a bad camera. Yeah, they maybe there are a lot of other untold stories in this hotel. Maybe, maybe. those are ghosts that have been there before the five people in the elevator disappeared, oh. and they're just oh, like they're hey. opening it for a sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So headless oh I really hope they make one. <laughs> so this is some creepy stuff. I legit got creeped out. Every time I see this movie, I get a little nervous in these scenes. So she finds an identifier for the, she looks at the desk ledger um, and she finds an identifier for the, the man, the man actor. And she finds a claim check for the cursed woman and just then an ink bottle spills on the registration book and Anna says, don't mess. I'm here to help. And she backs into another room because she's a dummy. Don't and, mess. Yeah, don't mess. Stop, 90s. you jive turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so she says, uh, I'm just here to help. And she backs into this other room. When she enters, the, the cursed man actor says, if anyone needs help. It's you uh, as he brandishes the meat cleaver. Creepy. And then behind her, Dewey, the the bellhop with a noose in his hands, says, checking out. And then Miss Partridge with her umbrella tells Anna that she has been a very bad girl. And then the elevator doors open up behind her and the fires of hell are blowing up. Mm-hmm. And Anna yells, I want to help you. And then the elevator doors close. Miss Partridge calms down and says, Go away, girl. 
and she vanishes, revealing Sally Shine, who says, do you really want to help us? Can you fix the elevator? We need to get to the party. And then she vanishes. And then a clue. cut to uh, Uncle Buzzy. I talked to the ghost. We need to fix the elevator. What do you guys think? Creepy, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's just a maintenance maintenance call that never got answered. <laughs> That's right. right. Like, oh, it will get answered. Believe you me. I, so, I'm going to give this hotel one star. We've been trapped in the elevator for 40 years, and uh, the towels kind of <laughs> smell moldy. Yep. And These I are characters the that you elevator. see in <laughs> the ride for like yes. five seconds. And here's what I want to say about that, Dan. If you take this story about what happened to those people and you play it out when you go on the ride and you remember Dewey and you remember Buzzy and you remember all these things that scene in the elevator and the whole thing leading up to it still makes sense because it just says one night this happened. All the other stuff in this movie could still exist in that universe. A picture is worth a thousand words and a ride at Disney is worth a 90 minute, 90 minute movie. Or an entire five film franchise, like Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) But isn't the, I think the ride is better with the mystery, though. Like, I don't, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying it it, it doesn't take away from the ride. I think it does, though, because it takes away the mystery. It takes away this, this element of like, I don't know why this happened. I just know that it happened and apparently it's happening to me and maybe I'll come up, come with answers, but I only have more questions. Like, I think this might be the David Lynch fan in me to kind of look at it and go like, I don't want an explanation. I want, I want this feeling. And, and it's like it, and this is part of the reason why a lot of times when watching this, I kept thinking of the difference between the Stanley Kubrick uh, version of the shining and the Stephen King TV, major TV movie version of The Shining, which ruins it in that same way. The, the, the original movie is pure mystery. There's you don't understand why this is happening. You just understand the stakes mm-hmm. and what's happening, kind of, and you get you get drawn into that and the feeling of it. And but then the made for TV movie version is like, well, this is why. It's a it, like the characters may as well turn to the uh, the camera and be like. Let me explain my motivation behind killing this person now. You see, this happened, and I'm a raging alcoholic, and that fire hose has teeth for some reason. And thank you for watching. I gotta I watch those movies. They're terrible. Wait, yeah. the, have you not seen either version? I have not seen either version. Oh, the, the, the original is fantastic. Okay, I'll watch the TV one first. Just kidding. <laughs> Happy Halloween. I tricked you. Give me some candy. My favorite is a Milky Way Midnight, which is dark Ooh, chocolate, dark chocolate caramel, and um, vanilla and nougat. Which, what is nougat? How, am I calling it? Is it nougat? I, I think nougat, nougat is... Ted Nugent. <laughs> and I, nobody knows what nougat is. It's still a mystery. Maybe it's like, like, like when, you know? So it's like... Ugat. <laughs> oh, totally. My my kid's uh, teacher last year was when with an N. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so next time we go on this ride, Dan. You can uh, send those candy bars to my post office box, which is P.O. Box 3587, <laughs> San Diego, California. That's not a real address. Continue. 
okay, so this is where it starts getting good and it cuts fast. There's a lot of cuts and a lot chop, of very chop. short expository like, scenes. <clears throat> you said it gets good. <laughs> it gets better. It picks up. The pace good. picks up just like this podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to the Westchester Sanitarium. So like, you know, crazy house, right? This is where Abigail lives. Jill is doing some investigated exposition. Investigative exposition. Mm. Abigail has been a patient there since the spring of 1940. Right. But the reveal is the dumbest thing ever. And it's like, you were talking about good improv earlier. This is, this is bad early entry improv. You think? Where he's, where the guy's like, oh yeah, she came in spring. Of, of 1940. 1940. Oh. It's like it's like that that the improv move that people do like when they're too comfortable with it, but they're too comfortable too early on where they're just like, I'm going to do a complete left turn here. You're expecting it to uh, be this thing, but it's actually they're underwater and they're fish. You don't oh. <laughs> so we cut. <laughs> Which I, I've done all the time, by the way. <laughs> we cut back to the hotel. Anna finds Caroline Cross's luggage. Caroline Cross is the woman that got zapped in the elevator. So she finds her luggage from the claim tag that she had earlier, and she finds a particularly curious locket. Just as she shows Buzz, the champagne bottle opens on its own, and just then the male actor guy, he apparates, followed by Dewey, then Sally, who are all bickering. And then just then, Caroline Cross appears. Guys, it's Claire Poulet. <gasps> she was the actress that came to... Yeah. Ghost. And yeah. So, Nan, when we go on the ride next time, I'm going to point out, look, that's where, that's where Buzzy and Anna got the reveal from Claire and... It's going to make the ride so much better. I really right. want to go on the ride. I just want to. It's a fun ride. I want to go on it. I want to go on a ride. I want to go to Disneyland. I want to go to yeah. Disneyland. I want to go to Disneyland. And Jimmy, when you do that, I'll do my usual response, which is, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ride a rascal at Disneyland. Oh, get yeah. A, they they oh, look at you funny if you do us. that. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't well, I got to put a hat World. on. Uh, yeah, our friend would would shake his head at us. Yeah, but we rent them from somewhere else. So Get a silly fine. hat. <laughs> That's the, the place, problem. The place we get it from, the, the rascals go faster. So, like, it's even better. <laughs> it's true. It <laughs> turns out that Listeners, Claire... we're not joking. <laughs> no, no. None of this is a joke. <laughs> so, it turns out Claire's not such a bad actress after all, huh? Mm. She made him believe she was alive, and she wow. wasn't. That's, that is, <laughs> that's incredible, actually. Right? She should win an Oscar. Mm -hmm. So, and it's this in this scene, and I I realize this is the podcast that it is, and we have the tendencies that we have. So, I say this with that knowledge. There's just too many accents in this scene that aren't real. Yeah, yeah. Not one of them are real. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and I'll remind everyone that this, in this scene, we continue the excessive flirting between this actress and Steve Gutenberg. And like the guys even like, oh, she thinks you're handsome. Oh, you silly woman. <laughs> um, cross over, man. Just cross over. Yeah. 
there's got to be a way. I mean, they kind of do it later. Spoilers, but I mean, that's true. And you know, they God works in mysterious ways because if you watch the movie Heart and Souls, he can't these ghosts who are with him all the time can't touch him. And then at the end, God did him a favor, and they were able to hug. No, mm-hmm. I love that movie. I watched it this week. So back to the sanitarium. It turns out <laughs> Abigail is not in her room. We learn. She was there yeah, she's because the of the trauma yeah, of the night of the disappearance. <laughs> Sally Shine was her sister. <gasps> mm-hmm. She's the witch. She was the witch. Yeah. <laughs> so we back the. <laughs> yeah. So we get now that Abigail's probably the bad one, but we don't know this yet. Uh, back in the she's hotel, old. She, she is. She if you have Jeez. brown hair or you're an old woman, Jimmy, we, we've you're already evil. been through this. <laughs> so back at the hotel, the four ghosts are expositing about what happened. As far as they know, they were all on their way to the party for various reasons. The man had a most important engagement. Caroline mm. Cross was going to be on stage for the very first time. Sally was going to see her family and Dewey Feels like it's all his fault because he has one job to run an elevator and he couldn't even do that right. Hmm. Stumping my chair. Um, by the way, he's the worst part of this movie. Um, is he the, it, it, Jimmy, you're good at spotting voice actors. And I, I tried looking this up. Is that guy the voice of the Tower of Terror attraction? The voice of the, what? You know, like the, the voice is just like, please remain seated. Oh, no, that's a woman. That's a woman. Mm-hmm. You wow. can tell with the um, when it's in Spanish. Anyway, uh, maybe I don't know. Um, so then, uh, okay. So they don't know what actually happened, but Anna does. She tells them it was Miss Partridge, and then suddenly, did somebody call my name? And Miss Partridge appears. Poof. Yeah, yeah. She's Irish though. So yeah, I couldn't do that. Irish, but yeah, she's random go fake ahead. Irish accent. <laughs> Did somebody call my name? <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. So, so and then, then they, the other actors have like a transatlantic thing going on. Yes, like, totally. Yeah. Hey, see, we're going to go to the party, see? <laughs> we got to go upstairs to drink because <laughs> prohibition's ended. Well, it's ended a few years ago, see? And. I'm just a Hollywood actress trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. Really wish I could go on a ride with Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's right next door. Um, so then we cut back to the sanitarium where Jill is snooping around at Abigail's apartment. She opens a trunk. Then we go back to the hotel. Anna shouts, it was you, Miss Partridge. It was your black magic. And then Miss Partridge says, she loves Sally. I love Sally more than her own family. I loved her dearly. I loved her. I loved well, her golden well, hair. Well, there was a place I could buy merchandise. <laughs> uh, I'm and sure the rest- hope someone takes my picture when I'm in the elevator. <laughs> oh my god! The, the rest, the rest of the victims, all defenders said they no way that Miss Partridge possibly could have done anything to Sally. And Buzz says, "Well, if it wasn't Miss Partridge who did it." Then who did? And we cut back to Abigail's apartment. If you hadn't figured it out by now, good editing. Yes. And then so <laughs> the Jill continues to, need to happen at all. <laughs> but here's where it gets creepy. She she finds a hidden compartment in the <laughs> chest, 
and reveals like a serial killer <laughs> level shrine to Sally Shine. Yeah, but it's like a Disney version of a serial wow. killer. So you get like newspaper articles with pain written on it. <laughs> yeah, pain. yeah, really. Totally. Misfortune. Anger. <laughs> Red. And then, and then Abigail. <laughs> Total shift in acting. Like. Total. Because we cu- immediately we cut to Abigail in front of the hotel clutching the gates. Going, <laughs> it's she's, almost like the director revealed to the actress, like, okay, you're evil now. <laughs> yes. And it's insane. I mean, full she's, on Captain yeah. Hook style acting. Yep. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now we're inside the hotel. The ghosts and Anna and Buzz are trying to figure out how to break the curse. If they can just get to the 12th floor and make it to the party on Halloween before 8.05, the curse will be broken. Q can help. He is Dewey's grandson. He can do it for some reason. <laughs> Not <laughs> sure He's been working on a dead car for like half the movie. That's true, which, by the way, uh, explodes in this movie. When he yep. tries to turn it on. Action. Yes. Insane. So Suspense. <laughs> Murder. Love. The Serengeti. <laughs> Lust. I loved Sally. In glorious color. <laughs> All right. We're rounding the, we're rounding the final stretch, guys. Where This is cute, or, uh, act three. Are you, yeah. are you saying that we're returning the corner? We're turning the corner. <laughs> we're almost free and clear of this thing. October uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, back in Buzzy's apartment, Q refuses to help. I don't know why Q's in Buzzy's apartment, but you know, how many sets do you need? Um, <laughs> he's a bad car mechanic and a fake. He's too scared to even go into the hotel. They convince him because Dewey believes in him. His grandfather believes in him. So he can do it. And if he can come up with a library archival system. There, I did it. I Uh, worked the joke in. Worked it in. Dewey Decimal. Uh, Do you think he's the inventor of it? No, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Dewey was an egomaniac, so he didn't let them get credit. Dewey Lewis in the news. Um. (laughs) So, by the way, this is the first of many times he suggests they take the service elevator, which, you know, it's that's how that's Audrey. For anybody who doesn't know, that's how you ride the ride of Tower of Terror. You take the service elevator because the main elevator doesn't work because mm-hmm. it got struck by lightning in 1939. Yeah, yeah. So and then later the elevators plunge real fast. Um, but so they tell him that it has to be the main elevator, can't be the service elevator. Then Jill arrives and reveals the crazy of Abigail. She's going to help Buzz get the story. But the deadline for the story, I'll remind everyone that the ghosts need to have the elevator fixed to get to the party by 8.05 Halloween night. Jill now. It's been 60 years. 40. Jill now. Or is it 60? 60. Yeah. They keep saying 60. 60. Yes. You're welcome. So Jill says, we're going to give you the story you've been wanting for all these years. You're going to tell us all about this crazy lady. And the deadline is? 805. 8 o'clock on Halloween night. Because that's how newspapers work. Yes. Um, so so he has a choice, right? Well, it's now, a college he, newspaper. <laughs> Isn't it like the LA like, Bugle or something? It's the Chafee Breeze at Chafee College. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, so so now he's in. Like he's he's now torn between the headline story of his lifetime and saving these ghosts. He decides to write the story instead, and Anna is devastated. Yeah, all of a sudden she turns into a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like out of nowhere, because the story needs her to. She's like, "Well, I'm just, you're too busy chasing these ghosts. We need to do this to help yeah, this right? thing, this thing Jill. that's in front of us and urgent, and like we'll take just a bit more of our time. We gotta sell papers." <laughs> Yeah, you want to... We're the only ones on this right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and she totally like, all right, you want to throw your career away and help your niece? <laughs> you're not, if Fine. you're not going to agree with my arbitrary deadlines, then exactly. I don't think you should be working this down, sir. News. Yep. So all of this is happening in Buzz's apartment. So all of this that I just mentioned all took place in Buzz's apartment with all these people. So everyone at this point leaves. And just then, Abigail enters from another room which was super creepy. She'd been there the whole time listening. And she holds Sally's lock of hair and cackles to commercial. (laughs) 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 By Pert Plus. Mm -hmm. And in the lowest of stakes of all time, (laughs) uh, we come back from commercial. We cut back and forth between the hotel, which now has power for some reason, and the newspaper where Buzzy's conflicted. So it, he's in that thing for about 30 seconds before he changes his mind. But they just keep going back and forth. So Dewey convinces his grandson to help. So now, you know, Dewey's like all the ghosts are like apparated by now. And so Dewey convinces his grandson to help. Buzz then, you know, leaves the paper. Jill follows him like, hey, wait, you have a deadline. And then Q troubleshoots the elevator. And then Abigail creeps cloaked into the hotel with the book. And the party starts and the seance starts. And then Q needs a voltmeter. And he tells Anna to go get the voltmeter. And then when he, she goes to get it, she can hear Abigail's seance. And then Q gets the elevator moving. And then Anna stops Abigail. But the spell has already been cast. And that will permanently doom Sally to eternal suffering. Dang it. All that happens real fast. And then the five ghosts get into the elevator because now it's working again. Mm-hmm. Anna tries to stop them but gets stuck instead of Sally. So now she's the little blonde girl that's going to get doomed forever. History is about to repeat itself. So was Abigail, it, was she not able to like fully do the spell because she was 10? Was it like a, did she just need more XP points or like? Well, I th- I think what it was, what they say in the movie is that she didn't have something. There wasn't enough of something and so, or didn't believe it strong enough or something. So the five of them, it kind of diluted the spell. And so the mm-hmm. five of them got trapped instead of just her for eternity. So she's doing this again so that I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because then what? Like she's more famous than she's ever been 60 years later. What the hell is this going to do? Yeah. She's already gone. Like are people legit? Obviously nobody's trying to investigate what happened. So what are the stakes here? It's almost, and I'm sure this isn't it, but it's almost as though they were just really lazy and needed a climax. It, like not it's almost, almost it's almost as though they were handed this property. <laughs> no, not almost. And they were told, "Hey, could you come up with a like a a story around this?" And they're like, "So you want it Twilight Zone?" Like, no, not, it doesn't need to be. You could just kind of make it like, as long as there's an elevator in there and but some also, people that look like these actors, we're good. Yeah, and like rip off the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane a little bit. Right. Mm. Uh, almost done. Uh, <laughs> Abigail 
monologues Ooh. about how everyone loved Sally and nobody knew Abigail and she's resentful. And then Sally enters huh? Mm-hmm. and Sally says she's sorry for not getting to Abigail's birthday party. She's explaining this to Buzzy. The birthday party was a surprise for Abigail. Sally loved Abigail and Abigail was her best friend. And Abigail reveals to Sally who she is. So, so she's, Sally's explaining all this stuff. She's my best friend. I loved her forever. I didn't want to be famous. I just wanted to be best friends with Abigail. And so old lady Abigail comes to Sally and says, I'm Abigail. And so Buzz convinces Abigail to reverse the spell, but she can't. It's already been cast. A spell of passion can only be stopped by its counter, which, by the way, are the words that Steve Gutenberg read aloud when he first got the book. Oh. While Anna and the four cursed people are stuck on floor 11, the rest, which are Abigail, Q, Jill, Buzz, and Sally, I'll take the, wait for it, the The service elevator. Service elevator. Yes, because that's what the ride vehicle is. And right, um, they, may, they may as well just have a moment where they're just like, "Okay, well, make sure to pull on the pull on the safety strap, safety restraint, keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times." Um, no lap sitting. Unsecured uh, items may move around the flight. Yes, exactly. Uh, the queue for this ride is very large. Um, <laughs> Just as the clock hits 8.05, uh, Anna gets pulled into the service elevator. No, they're stuck on floor 11. Sorry, everybody else in the service elevator. And just as the clock hits 8.05, Anna gets pulled into the service elevator. Sally immediately, no, like just like at the moment of the, the lightning strike, Abigail forgives, you know, Sally forgives Abigail and they both vanish. Both mm-hmm. elevators drop free fall. Because that's what happens in the ride. That's what happens in the ride. The curse is broken by Sally's love. The five Mm -hmm. ghosts make it to the party. Miss Poulet sings. The living modern people can somehow be there too. But the one thing I don't think... So yeah, the birthday party or the party in this thing that we saw at the beginning of the movie and we see at the end of the movie was all a guise to be a surprise party for Abigail. And so these are some of the things that make Abigail feel really bad and... And but anyway, so as Sally apologizes to Abigail, they go to heaven or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but then they come back because then they all the five original people who got cursed are on the elevator. They go to the lobby and they have their like goodbyes and stuff. And then they bring all the living people to the twelfth floor to the party. Mm-hmm. And there's zero reference to this little girl. <laughs> there's no happy birthday, Abigail. And and one of the things that that what's her, the actress lady is going to do is sing this love song, like what does any of this have to do with the birthday party? Full shoehorn. It's real dumb. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Abigail dies, right? She so. she disappears. The old lady disappears, and then she comes back at the end. So all of these, all but the she's ghosts. A kid. She, she threw a kid. her necklace into the ocean. That's right. I'm telling you, this movie would be way better. <laughs> They so, ripped off the wrong movie. <laughs> here's what happens, guys. So as each of them complete their sort of 60-year-long tasks they've been waiting for, they disappear. So Sally sees her family. That's what she wanted to do. Just her parents, by the way, not Abigail. She disappears. And then Miss Partridge, who delivered Sally to her parents, she did her job. She disappears. Mm-hmm. Dally, Dewey sees his dad. So he disappears. And then the Poulet sings. 
And then the man, this whole time, proposes to her. Like, that was the thing he had to do is propose to her. Yeah. But he, she was flirting outright blatantly in front of him <laughs> to Steve Gutenberg the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, okay so then. flirt, right? Yes. So they disappear. But then. All their unfinished business has been tended to. No, yeah, but that's not true. Ed- I wanted to say an unfinished business in a movie about ghosts. Mm. Uh, uh, so they all disappear, leaving a dusty room with just the living people and the white rose. Hmm. We then cut to it. Oh, but, but then after that, Abigail shows up <laughs> and is like, hey, have you seen my sister? And then Sally comes back from the, I don't know. And then they disappear again. Anyway, th- we cut to a bustling Hollywood Tower Hotel under new management. The end. And it's like Abigail <sighs> as a kid. It's raining. Like, she, she knows, but she doesn't know. And she knows what? She knows who they are, kind of, but not really. I don't know. Her consciousness was. She's, I, maybe she's I she was a ghost the whole time, too. Maybe she secretly Ooh. died in the sanitarium. We never do see her touch anything. No. Except for the book. <laughs> well, the book is a ghost. And the, they're all, yeah, oh. they all are. Wow. Maybe she died that night in 1939, too. It's possible. Mm. Maybe if you all. were a ghost, what would your unfinished business be? Ooh. Oh, God. How much time you got? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I got all. I got all night. People who impact, who would be impacted by it, listen to this. So. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> we don't have to go. We, you know, it's a deep question. We could save it for I, another I think, time. Um, I think my biggest regret is is not giving my all on the SAT. Okay. <laughs> Mine was not getting my Eagle Scout. Mm. Ah, yeah, yeah. I still could, but screw it. Still can do it. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm doing it, living vicariously through my my eleven year old, ten year old, making him do it for him. <laughs> do, you, do you steal the bad? Do you steal the? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> so daddy's bad. <laughs> Good job getting your Eagle Scout. We're gonna hang it on my wall <laughs> and changing the name. Uh, yeah, so that's the movie, everybody. Happy Halloween. Um, what are we going to, if you decide to watch this lovely film, <laughs> you're going to have a night in, and what better night but Halloween? Ah. Uh, beer pairing. So I've decided that this movie would go very well. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Never mind. Watch Police Academy instead. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. Okay. So if you decide to watch Tower of Terror on Halloween, which you should, uh, you should drink the, from Massachusetts, the Clown Shoes Brewing Company Undead Party Crasher Stout. Undead Party Crasher. Did you hear what I did? Uh, So some some tasty notes. Um, You can be poured into a snifter. Uh, it's a black pour with um, thick tan head that laces nicely. It's not overpowering. It's subtle with a note of boorishness appropriate for this movie. <laughs> a bit of a booze bite. Nothing of definite substance. Easy to drink with a good taste. Full bodied without being creamy or thick. Not <laughs> unlike Q. Um, not bad, <laughs> but not a favorite. 
Good to try, but I doubt you will be blown away by it. <laughs> That's the undead party crasher stout. Everything about that is appropriate for this movie. Undead party crasher party thing. Got it. Yeah. Mm, got it. Oh, All right. Great. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> oh. I'm just still shocked that you kind of like this movie. <laughs> I liked it. So I've seen it many times. And yeah. I, I, every time I've watched it, I've watched it ironically because it's super dumb. But I watched it today and I, you know, as you heard for the last hour and a half, I, I wrote everything down and broke it all down. It's still a dumb movie, but I like it as a, I like the relationship with Steve and his niece. I sort of like the redemption story. I like, I like it as a Halloween movie. I never watched it as a Halloween movie before. Mm-hmm. So as a Halloween movie, there's not a lot of them that are like not scary. You know what I mean? How, how much of that is colored by you have kids? I've watched it with my kids and still thought it was dumb. So I watched it alone in my bedroom today and (laughs) I, I liked it as a Halloween movie. (laughs) I mean, the first half was real painful, but I liked the end Uh, and under the guise of a Halloween movie, it's cute because I don't like scary movies. hmm. Okay. Where, uh, so I guess I'm talking now, so I'm going to go with um, the music that, so I, I kept thinking about Lord of Illusions, which is a movie that came out two years earlier. And I think when I saw this movie, it must have been colored by the fact that I had seen Lord of Illusions. And there could be a Kirsten Dunst, Claire Danes thing going on between Scott Bakula, who's <laughs> in Lord of Illusions, and Steve Gutenberg. I don't know. You listen to the shows, you know, my, my brain's a jumbled mess sometimes. But for some reason, I couldn't. I couldn't shake free of that. And I just kept thinking this feels like Lord of illusions, like in terms of like the the overall, like the, the the story beats, the tone of it. Lord of illusions is way scarier. It's, it's a Clive Barker movie. I highly recommend it. It has really good uh, reviews after the fact of people saying, Hey, this is a legitimate movie that not a lot of people saw. See the director's cut. It's disgusting it's scary it's everything you expect from clive barker so Mm. i think but it's good and it's about like what if magic were real like what if like the we have these david copperfield type people who like they actually have real magic and then what does that mean to the world that we live in it's 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 a solid movie anyway here's music from that movie and this is by simon boswell it's called fire said to me And yeah, Clive Barker movies have the issues that they have. But this one, if you haven't seen it yet and you're into what's going on there, highly recommend it. See the director's cut, though. Where can I stream it? Uh, Disney Plus. All right. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Very good. I like this. Cut, What's it called screaming again? Lord of Illusions. Lord of Illusions. And I believe I believe there are fingers getting put into people's mouths in this movie. Oh, sweet. I'll right? eat it with my Cenobite post crunch. Part of a healthy balanced breakfast. Okay, well here's what you're eating. You're gonna eat a meatloaf. Here's what you're eating. You're eating <laughs> You're gonna eat a meatloaf with a glass of warm milk and some <laughs> peas from a can because it was the thirties. Because here, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but also warm milk because I was snuggled up in bed and very sleepy last night when I watched it. And I was like, oh, I just, oh, I'm all warm and mm, chocolate milk or something Let's would see. be nice. Looks like you can watch Lord of Illusions on Prime. But it's the. For your safety, once on board, please That's remain a woman, right? seated with your seatbelt fastened. Yes. Keeping yeah. your hands, yeah. arms, feet, and legs inside the elevator at all times. Yep. And do take That's how I, we should start the show. Your children. <laughs> That's you. how we start the show. Edit that crap uh, in. <laughs> I love it. Send, send me the file. <laughs> it's on YouTube. I'll send it to well, you. Send me the link. Uh, I'm trying to find the uh Clive Barker edit of anyway find it I mean I'm not saying to torrent it but you know whatever um <sighs> yep yeah. all right uh I don't know what torrent is you guys texted about it earlier I don't know is it a stealing video thing mm, no it is um acquiring media because one is a student Mm. And you would needs download to do a car, research. Would you? Totally. Yeah. You know, it's not a victimless yeah. climb, Dan. I know. Uh, is it like deviant art? <laughs> Can be. It really depends. <laughs> depends on what you what you're into. So uh, we, we don't have a power ranking because this is a special episode. We will because in December for our special Christmas release, <laughs> get ready for it. The very Brady Christmas. Oh yeah. my. Yeah, it's not a Disney movie. <laughs> nope. We could put it on a scale of floors from the ground floor to oh. the 12th floor. Which is worse? Um, the first floor or the 12th floor? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying for the scale, you made it up. Is it like <laughs> it's, give this a 12th floor, which is the highest it can get? I would say it's a 13th floor, which doesn't exist. Those but it does in the movie for some Ooh. reason. I just Dumbo come up on a search for Clive Barker. Oh. So, That's- yeah, the, another thing, the ride has a 13th floor. This movie does not. So if it's a movie based on the ride, why doesn't it have a 13 floors? That's a good Well, point. hotels don't have a 13th floor. And that they do in Florida. And this movie is all about realism. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the movie, and we hope you enjoyed it. And I want to tell you about game night. Game nights are most Wednesdays. We might mix it around a little bit. Follow our Facebook group to find out. Have some fun with us. We say silly things and we're irreverent, but it's a lot of fun. And join the uh, Facebook group. Join it's, the Facebook group. It's a great it's slowly way slowly building, but it's it building. Is. And as I've said before, and as we referenced earlier in this episode, we know how some of the other Disney related Facebook groups are. We are not that, and we're not going to be that. Nope. And if it anyway starts going in that direction, I will get in there and just delete stuff. He will. <laughs> Dan, Dan is a man of his word, especially when it comes to Disney stuff. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I also want to recommend other shows on our network. We have Banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk, a Star Wars podcast. We have Ears Which I was Up. on. Dan was oh. on it. Listen to that episode. It's the one about The Sims. Right. I think it's uh, whatever the most recent episode is on uh, October 26th. Great. Yeah. Um, 
And then we have ears up, ears up in depth. We have Supreme Resort where we just released. <laughs> Something uh, got released. I don't really understand what happened. Yeah. What was it? Well, we recorded we f- we recorded what was finally us talking about the two uh, Pirates of the Caribbeans, which I know a lot of people have been waiting for, but I'm not really sure what happened to that. And then also want to thank J.R. Trimp for the music, for our theme music, and want to recommend you follow Spectro Jeremy at Spectro underscore radio and Instagram and Twitter and listen to Spectro Radio. It's a lot of fun. If you like the Disney parks, you like Disney movies, it's a great place for you. And uh, yeah, if you want to reach us, uh, it's Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. That's ears with a Z. Dan at earsup-podcast.com. And P.O. Box 30572, <laughs> San Diego, California. <laughs> Nine. Which we, none of us are attached to that. <laughs> so feel free to send stuff. but <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun for that person if that exists? <laughs> Why am I getting sourdough bread? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's it, everybody. That's our that's our show, <laughs> Tower of Terror. Hope you liked it. Go see it. Watch it on Halloween. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. After and you watch, watch Borat, too. watch yeah. Borat too. It's good. And Borat, I, we're saying also Borat two yeah. also. Yeah. Subsequent movie. Subsequent film. movie film learning. Yeah. And since we're recommending things, let's see. Um, I really enjoy Super Ego. It's another podcast. <laughs> Yep. Get your for hims. Uh, for hims. <laughs> right. Uh, 90 Day Fiance is fascinating. Um, uh, listen to else? Podcast The Ride. That's a, another great <laughs> theme park podcast. Of course, The Disney Dish with Jim Hill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lynn Testa. Lynn Testa, of course, who writes the unofficial guide and stuff. Uh, they're all good. Red Letter Media on YouTube. <laughs> By Jenny the way, Nicholson on YouTube. Jenny Nicholson's great. She's got her own channel uh, with, I think, Screen Rant or Screen Crush or one of those. Uh, also, Leonard Nimoy directed Body Wars from the Wonders of Life Pavilion. And that connection came because Michael Eisner worked with them on Star Trek over at Paramount. And then he brought him over to do Body Wars, and that's how he got the Three Men and the Baby movie. I want to make all of this on the Disney Dish with Jim Hill and Lentesta. Right. There you go. Uh, attend National University. <laughs> Have you been in an airplane? Because they're pretty neat. I recommend that. <laughs> the, the, the science of flight. <laughs> Television. All right, guys. So and of course, on November 3rd, go out and vote oh. for... <laughs> Gotta vote, guys. Everybody vote. It's vote. good. That's our PSA to all of you. Just uh, don't, don't, don't make it worse, please. <laughs> and that could be interpreted for anybody listening who thinks I'm the really, other person. Really holding back. Just, yep. Let's just don't make it worse, do we? <laughs> no. um, and until next time, be kind, kind and, and rewind. rewind.
Um, well, I'm sorry. My keyboard is, it's all this, it's dead. It, it just died all of a sudden. I don't know what's happening. I'm annoyed. Do you need it's it for okay. this? No, I just, I just want to know why it's not working. You know, right, like, exactly. you want to know what the problem is. That you does it have batteries? Out. It does not have batteries. Have you tried restarting your computer? Have you tried plugging it in? Uh, <laughs> need girl, no, not what not do with computer. Need man, need man. Me need help fixing everything. Explain, explain. Me only good at do cook. <laughs> you sound like Borat's me. daughter. <laughs> me put keyboard in. Crockpot? Oh my god! <laughs> now my I just lost both of my monitors. Oh, Me season no. keyboard. Is... <laughs> Stupid! Everything's Me... fine. I'm really grumpy. Oh my god! <laughs> Put wine on keyboard. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can't. I need keyboard to. Okay, so this, this, this. I plugged in a new keyboard and it's working. Huzzah! This, this all started because I wanted to know if there was a recipe for vegan macaroons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. No, not macarons. Macaroons, you idiot. Vegan macaroni. <laughs> oh, my God. So macarons are like French-ass little almond cookies, and macaroons mm-hmm. are made with coconut and you eat them around Jewish holidays because they don't have gluten in them. Uh. You know, like, you can have macaroons for I can't remember which holiday it is, but... Okay, and now this... Okay, I have to restart my computer eventually. But we're gonna just record and everything's gonna be fine, and I'm gonna be fine. I just... You're gonna be fine. (sighs) I have concerns. And that's what insurance is about. <laughs> a lot of confusion, a lot of rebooting. Yeah. I liked that show. Did you ever watch that? It was like computer animated and rebooting. <sighs> About insurance? Yeah. No, 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 no. It was like a Canadian Canadian show in the in the I don't know. Do you think Audrey, do you think it was actually called rebouting? Oh but yeah. Because Canadian is rebooting. Yeah. Oh. I bet <laughs> that's what it is. Do you think they rebout in Canada? Canadians are so polite. They are. I just feel like it, that's that's <laughs> always that's always part of the joke, right? Yep. And and what's the what's the what's up with their bacon, right? Am I right? <laughs> totally. It's have like it's have... not bacon, it's ham. So what totally. do you happen if you order ham? Do they give you bacon? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really want to do some Italian cooking, but I always end up just buying a bunch of like Asian grocery store stuff. I was you know? really hoping that you were going to cap that off with. I just ended up buying a bunch of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, apparently, did you know that uh, apparently the Chef Boyardee, like the restaurant, the famous restaurant in New York that existed? What? Oh, yeah, it exists. It's like, uh, like in Ratatouille with. It's it's 100% that. And that's. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he. Um, he started canning his delicious uh, dinners that everybody loves so much. And mm-hmm. apparently what is in the can is pretty much exactly what, oh, how what, funny. what it used to taste like. Wow. People ask how Chef Boyardee, but they don't ask him how he Boyardee. <laughs>
Chef Boy RD, more like Chef, Chef Boy R shouldn't. <laughs> Chef Boy R don't. <laughs> the Chef Boy R don't in Chef Boy R deed. Right. <laughs> so that's this is gold. <laughs> this is this is comedy this is this- gold. <laughs> Why are these fingers dying and it makes Oh this no. Noise. Oh god. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Why aren't we on Earwolf? I mean with this I know, quality. Right? <laughs> this Hold isn't on. even I gotta like take my sweatshirt off. I'm sweating. This isn't even like uh, like behind the paywall content. This is full on <laughs> mainstream. This is the paywall. It, that's right. <laughs> It's not behind the paywall or in front of it. It is the paywall. <laughs> if you can scale it, you're, you're in. <laughs>